0: Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Sisters podcast. I can't believe we've already done five episodes. This is our sixth episode that we've done, and um, we have loaded our podcast up on the Flourish website, the Flourish Through the Word website. We will be getting a separate home for the Sisters podcast very soon, and we will let you know when that happens. Um, But for now, you can find and download the podcast at uh, flourishthroughtheword.com which is the ministry that Margie is the head of and, um, and where she teaches, and, and uh, it's awesome. So anyway, um, today we are uh, doing kind of a, it's a little bit more of a sobering episode for the two of us, because mm-hmm. today is Monday, November 4th. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, Tuesday, November 5th, marks the two-year anniversary since our mom died suddenly and left this earth and went to be with Jesus. Uh, It was on a Sunday afternoon. I um, had been at my son's hockey game, and I saw that my dad had called a couple of times, uh, just had gotten a couple calls from him, and I intended to give him a call back when I got home, but on the way home, my daughter called, and I was chatting with her and uh, completely forgot to call my dad back. And then probably about 45 minutes to an hour later, I got a call from my dad. And I had, you know, just no clue, absolutely no clue that anything was wrong. Um, And I answered the phone and I said, hi, dad, what you doing? Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm at the hospital in Missoula. Your mother has had a very serious heart attack and it's not looking good. And, you know, immediately my heart just felt like it fell into my stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just that that panic and that fear kind of swept over me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just, you know, physically kind of started shaking and feeling, you know, just Mm -hmm. just upset. You know, you're just, when something like that happens, that's the first time that anything like that has ever happened Mm -hmm. to us. Um, The first person that we have lost who was close to us and uh it just, you know, was not something that I had ever experienced before in those those physical sensations, although familiar, you know, as they're attached to profound loss, it it just they carry a they carry a much heavier weight. So um so, you know, at that point they were still working on her and trying desperately to save her and, and uh revive her and um, so my dad was kind of recounting to me the events uh, that had unfolded. They had left their church that they were both gotten into their cars. My mom had gone to church a little earlier that day, um, said to to our dad, OK, I'll see you back at the house. And the next thing he knew, her car had kind of gone through a fence and um, he ran over to her. She was unresponsive. They had to bust the window of a car to get her out. Thankfully, there were a couple of paramedics who attended the church and they were able to. Um, and one gal had a bag in her car, so they were able to start administering CPR right away, called the ambulance, uh, rushed her to the small hospital there in Hamilton. Within about 20 minutes, they realized they needed to get her to the cardiac unit in Missoula, which is about a 40-minute um, drive away. So once she got there, the there was a really wonderful doctor who worked very hard on her for, uh, I don't know, probably three or four hours. And just informed my dad. He said, you know, her heart is just not responding. I'm going to try this, this, and this, and we'll see what happens. And she just didn't make it. Um, you know, my dad had mentioned as he was recounting to me the advance how many times she had coded uh, mm-hmm. in the ambulance. And that was my clue that she was that this was just her time. Sadly for mm-hmm. us, this was her time. And um, it was extremely unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, I had had A really wonderful conversation with her on Friday, November 3rd. Uh, You and I had been out with some friends and came home, and uh, I thought, I just had this really compelling need. I thought, you know, I need to call my mom. I haven't (laughs) chatted with her for a few weeks, and I really need to call her. So I called her, and we talked for probably 45 minutes to an hour and had a great conversation. And I know you had a conversation Mm -hmm. with her the following day, and then the next day on Mm -hmm. Sunday, November 5th, she was gone. And, um, so it was just, uh, it it was just a, a pretty horrific day Mm -hmm. for us. Um, and, uh, some, a day that, that, you know, we just, you don't forget a day like that. That's something that stays with you. And, and I would say that in the two years that, uh, I can't, first of all, I can't believe it's been two years. Some days it seems like it was just yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and sometimes it seems, it can seem even longer, but uh, but tomorrow marks two years that she has been in heaven, mm-hmm. and um and we of course that that has been the profoundly comforting thing mm-hmm. in all of this, is knowing without a doubt mm-hmm. that our mom is in the presence of Jesus mm-hmm. because she lived her life to honor and uh, to honor him. You know she accepted Christ when she was a little girl. Um, and she followed him all the days of her life. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. she taught us to follow him. And, and it's, it's such a deep part of our heritage. So so immediately, while we were shocked and saddened and devastated because this came from out of nowhere and we weren't expecting it, immediately, we just knew she's with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, she is not suffering anymore. Uh, our, our mom struggled for much of her life, Uh, with uh, anxiety and and worry and fear and sadly was just never able to get a handle on that. Um, And we learned in the months ensuing uh, that that the type of heart attack that she had was a heart attack that was a stress-induced heart attack and, and the result of chronic stress. And her constant worry and anxiety, we really believe, led to her ultimate um, fatal heart attack that, that took her life very quickly from us on November 5th, 2017. Um, so we were talking a little bit before we started here about just the things that we've learned. Why don't you kind of mm-hmm. talk a little bit, Marge, about kind of how you felt that day, and then mm-hmm. we'll come back and we'll kind of share a bit about what we've learned about mm-hmm. grief in the last couple years, because this was our both of our Um, our first experience with it. You know, neither neither of us have lost anyone close to us. Mom was the first one. And uh, so this was our initial time of becoming acquainted with grief. So why don't you share a little bit about what what you felt that day and kind of how the the events unfolded for you, and then we'll kind of come back and talk a little more about about the things that we've learned.
1: Well, I think any time someone dies suddenly, you're just in shock. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so difficult to wrap your brain around
0: mm-hmm.
1: what happened. And you had talked with her on Friday. I had talked with her on Saturday night. I remember very specifically it was the senior year of our twins. And so we had decided that we would go to the auction of their private school since it was their senior year. The last school auction we'd ever go to. <laughs> and um, so... I gave mom a call before we were to leave for that event, and it was just such a fun, lively, joyful conversation. Mm -hmm. Just catching up on everything. The months prior, they had moved to Montana, so this was November 4th, or 5th, 4th, I guess. 4th, yeah. It was November 4th, and um, they had moved at the end of May. And the move had been uh, very hard on her, Mm -hmm. leaving their home of 38 years and downsizing and saying goodbye to her Bible study and their church and these friends of decades. It was a very emotional, difficult move, as it would be for anybody, no matter what your age. Um, But I think the age definitely figured in to it for both of them. It's just hard to move, period.
0: Yeah, it's one of the most (laughs) stressful things in life you can do.
1: So the move was behind them. The boxes were unpacked. They were settling into their new home, and Mm -hmm. they had found a church. They were meeting their neighbors. Mom had joined two Bible studies and a book club. (laughs) I mean, you know, definitely settling in. And so it was one of those conversations that was just really filled with joy. There wasn't anything uh, that we talked about that was troublesome or that burdened me about her or anything like that. And we laughed a lot. And the thing she told me as I went to hang up because we were going to the auction was, don't you spend that poor man's money, (laughs) (laughs) talking about Steve, my husband. And um, we didn't spend much money that night. But, of course, we wanted to donate to the school. And I just... You know, in retrospect, looking back, that she—that would be the last thing she ever said to me on this earth was, "Don't spend his money," um, <laughs> because, as you mentioned, she did battle anxiety for such mm-hmm. a huge part mm-hmm. of her adult life, and money was one thing that she was anxious about. But she managed her money so well. Yeah, I she mean, she, did. she always did. had more than enough. Uh-huh. Our parents weren't wealthy by any means, but they were, and dad is, yeah. amazing money managers. Uh, just just amazing. No debt. And they just have always invested it so well in property and cars. And um, I just, even after she died, to take a look at her finances, they were just healthy mm-hmm. finances. Mm-hmm. She had thousands left in her checkbook. I mean... So, you know, money was, she meant that tongue-in-cheek to me that night, but I also knew that she meant it. She Because <laughs> she she was anxious about money, and she was always anxious about her health.
0: Yes, um, yes.
1: Her health and everybody else's health, but especially her health. And um, Dad and I talk, and we, we joke about this now, and say she never met a doctor she didn't like, because she loved going to the doctor. <laughs> She went to the doctor for every ache and pain and every little flutter and every concern that she had. She was seeing a doctor. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I think she worried about the most was getting cancer. Yes. And having this deteriorating... Disease or debilitating disease, and um, where she would be on chemotherapy and in so such pain and yeah. all that kind of stuff. She worried about that her whole life, and she died one Sunday morning after church. Boom, she Boom. was gone. She was
0: gone. Yeah, no
1: pain, no disease, no suffering, no suffering, and for her. I say that is the kindness of the Lord. Oh, yeah. That she, here was a woman who fretted and worried so much about getting sick. And the Lord just reached down and said, time to come home.
0: It's your time.
1: Come on. Yep. Yep. And as you mentioned, you know, dad, uh, our dad, former law enforcement officer, he was not satisfied. It didn't set right with him. That she had this massive heart attack and she was gone. Yeah. So he couldn't rest until he investigated all the possible aspects Mm -hmm. of what Mm -hmm. took her life. And in all his investigations, he discovered that it was the type of heart attack that she had was brought on by subjective stress. Mm -hmm. Subjective. So by worry... That she had no business worrying about. And, um, you know, there's a reason why over and over and over and over in the scriptures we are told to be anxious for nothing. Right. Because our very health is at stake. Yeah. And the Lord knew that. Yeah. That he even
0: says, why worry? Why worry? It, it, can it add a, a single minute to your life? No, it can't. And it might even shorten some of the minutes of your life. And
1: And, of course, mom knew all of that many times she would say to me I know it's a sin to worry but and then she'd (laughs) fill in the blank with what she was (laughs) worrying about Um, so this was an area where sadly she didn't ever really gain victory I Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. her anxiety from a spiritual perspective was definitely a stronghold yes I think there were physical aspects to it too Mm -hmm. And mental aspects to it Mm -hmm. that needed probably deeper care yes like had we recognized while she was alive what we know now right about the nature of her anxiety Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the damage it could do to her physically we would have probably done some type of family intervention Mm -hmm. and and asked her to go get some deep counseling right for what was going on Mm -hmm. with her and there's no shame in that I'm sure people are listening to this and and maybe they can relate to the whole anxiety thing and you know everybody's different everyone has different filters Mm -hmm. everyone has Mm -hmm. different DNA makeup all of that there's no shame but it's so freeing when you recognize this is an issue in my life yep and i need to get help for it yes
0: yes exactly i either need to see a
1: doctor or i need to see a gifted counselor that can help me or i even need medication and in the case of our mom she had been on medication for over two decades yeah for her anxiety but i don't know that she um moderated that medication mm-mm, mm-mm. and uh, I think she grew very dependent on it yes and I think that it reached a point of probably saturation with her where some things did need to be changed up because it wasn't really helping. yeah it wasn't
0: really helping and and she was kind of yeah she was just kind of going a little further I think a little further into the the anxiety and um you know she just she needed some spiritual deliverance and she needed some good some good counseling mm-hmm. and, and um but you know for her now she is at rest and she's at mm-hmm. peace and it's not an issue for her anymore. She's you know, living and walking in the presence of mm-hmm. the Lord and that gives us great comfort. Um but you know, in the two years that, that she's been gone, um, you know, we have walked the path of grief. Mm-hmm. We've walked it ourselves, mm-hmm. and we have walked it with our dad. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that there are many things. Uh, grief is a hard teacher. Mm-hmm. But grief is a good mm-hmm. teacher. You know, mm-hmm. if you look back on your on your schooling years, you will probably mm-hmm. find that the teachers <laughs> who were the hardest mm-hmm. are the teachers that you learned the most from. And I have found that to be the case with grief. That grief was a good teacher. Um, grief has shown me things in my own heart that needed to be addressed. Um, but mm-hmm. there also are things about just the nature of grief mm-hmm. that have kind of t- kind of took me by surprise. And and our pastor was touching on this the other day because mm-hmm. he's doing a series. Um, about, uh, through through the Beatitudes and, and the verse that he was focusing on a couple weeks ago was blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And that was a verse Mm -hmm. that God brought to mind so many times for me, especially in those first couple months after, after she passed is that I saw the truth Mm -hmm. of that verse, you know, that, that truly when, when the Lord knows we are hurting his presence is very near and very real, and he is a, a very present help in that okay. in that time. Um, I found grief to be physically exhausting. Yes. I found grief to be agitating at times. I found there were times that I, I would get agitated in traffic, and I'm not one to do that. I had a difficult time thinking. I couldn't like going to a store. I couldn't I couldn't think. I couldn't think for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um in my voiceover business, I, mm-hmm. I it took me about a month to get back in front of the mm-hmm. microphone and mm-hmm. be able to do anything and that was something that he mm-hmm. talked about. He said cuz he he's recently lost both of his parents and he mm-hmm. said, you know, I had no motivation to do mm-hmm. anything and I remember mm-hmm. that so well. No motivation Mm -hmm. to work out, Mm -hmm. no motivation to do the things. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the mindless tasks, like, like laundry were things I could handle and, and loading and unloading the dishwasher were things that I could handle. And it was just kind of, I think it was just kind of freeing to learn that, you know, grief is, it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not going to be what you expect. It comes in waves and, um, it's just something that you just, you just kind of have to ride it out. Um, Mm -hmm. I was watching, I was catching up on uh, Downton Abbey episodes this last month, and uh, in one of the earlier seasons, the one of the daughters of the primary characters dies, and um, the grandmother makes the statement. She says, grief makes one so tired. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Cause we talked about that. I'm just mm-hmm. so exhausted. Mm-hmm. You said that you made that observation. You said, mm-hmm. I've decided that grief is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's this why I just am bone tired mm-hmm. every night, even uh-huh. if I haven't done much during the day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I share these things just because if there's anybody listening who is walking a path of grief right now, and you can mm-hmm. identify with those things, just, Hey, no, you're on the right path. And that, and that, you know, those who mourn will be comforted because that is a promise in scripture. And, uh, and I uh, don't, do you have anything that well, you want to add?
1: Yes. You know, I too had that exhaustion for many months, maybe even a full year. Uh, but what's so strange about it is you're so exhausted and then you go to sleep, but you can't yeah, sleep. sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your mind true. doesn't turn off. It It just, the grief is like a monster almost. It's just, mm-hmm always there it's there when you wake up it's there when you go to bed it's the first thing you think about in the morning and the Mm -hmm. last thing you think about at night and you know and this is the grief over the loss of our mom you know this doesn't even touch on the loss of a spouse uh, like our dad walked through or the loss of a child yeah yeah i think there are different types of grief that everyone deals with and um And you can't rush grief. No. That's the Mm -hmm. other thing. You just can't rush it, and everyone deals with it differently. I know we talked about initially, we were so shocked because we had just talked with our mom, Mm -hmm. and we'd had these great conversations. So our mom was this petite little thing. She was very healthy. She never drank. She never smoked. She never did any of those I mean, she was so careful about her diet. She yeah. was so careful about her cholesterol. Oh and, my, yeah. I mean, just, you know, she did everything right to have yeah. a healthy body. Yeah. Which just, again, was confirmation that it was her time. 11, yeah. 5, 17 was her time. And yeah. every uh, EMT and paramedic and doctor did everything in their power to bring her back. But she was gone. Yeah. Yeah. She was gone. There was no bringing her back and I think for me um I just as as unexpected and shocking and sad as it was, always sad to lose your mom mm-hmm. you only get one and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but the peace i I had the opportunity to share about this in our church recently. the peace that came it's like. There was grief opened this door, but then the peace came flooding in too. Yeah. yeah. And it was such a strange thing to to be grieving the loss of her, not being on this earth anymore. But at the same time, having this supernatural peace that comes only from the Lord. Right. Right. And knowing, knowing, like you said, without a doubt. That she is with the Lord. Now her faith is sight. And now Mm -hmm. she sees, oh, I didn't need to worry about any of this stuff. (laughs) I should have paid more attention to your work. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But um, she is just having the best time. And um, she would never choose to come back. No.
0: As much as she loved us all and was so devoted to all Mm -hmm. of us, she would never choose to come back. Yeah.
1: Um. I I know that some of my sadness it, it really ebbed and flowed because like you said, you know we definitely navigated that first year with our dad mm-hmm. uh, calling every day, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. taking turns you and I because as we mentioned they had moved to Montana and he was really there by himself with a few exceptions some yeah. some good yeah. friends and yeah. a great church and um but I think the just the way he's wired he wanted slash needed to process by himself yeah he he isn't the type of person to go process in it with a group mm-hmm. or with a counselor or anybody like that he's very much his own man very independent but I think for all three of us talking on the phone daily yeah that yeah. First year yeah was yeah. actually very healthy from uh-huh. the standpoint of grief, yeah, for all of us, for all
0: of us, yeah, yeah, and I think it built in, you know, between us, because with you know growing up in a home full of girls, we were we <laughs> were the only two girls, and um, you know, so we were very close to our mom, and our mm-hmm. dad was, as you mentioned, was a law enforcement officer. He's a mm-hmm. border patrolman, and so he worked many nights and. And so while he was always he was always a presence in the home, mm-hmm. our mom was the one who was there. She was a school teacher, her hours were identical to ours. Mm-hmm. So she was just always there. And mm-hmm. I think growing up, it's probably fair to say we we probably felt closer to her than we did to our dad. Um just just, you know, we had a good relationship always. with him, always mm-hmm. a good relationship with him, but we were we were just with her more because of the the circumstances of our life. And, um, but now, I mean, we've, I think we have a relationship with our dad that that we've never known known before. And that's been a huge blessing. And that's another thing I think that grief has taught is Mm -hmm. that, is that new and wonderful things will be birthed out of loss.
1: Beauty for ashes, for sure. Exactly. And, you know, um, we are girly girls and mom was a girly girl. And Dad we're is not frou frou, but we're girly. <laughs> Dad is a man's man, you know. He's a hunter, and a guns professional, gunsmith. He's a national marksman. He was a, a law enforcement officer. I mean, and then he had these two girls that weren't really <laughs> interested in all of that stuff growing up. So I think he kind of just let Mom do her thing with us. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. You know, one of our exactly. most favorite things growing up with mom was, uh, when she would get her twice a month paychecks, uh-huh. we would go shopping Yes. and out to eat Mexican food because right. we lived in, in El Paso. Paso. So we'd go to Dillard's and out to eat at Leo's and remember that? Yep. Oh yeah. And, yeah. um, so, you know, these are the, the highlight memories that we have of her. And I mean, you know, what girl,
0: most girls love to go clothes shopping, but, um, Our last time, our last trip with her was a shopping trip to Waco, to Magnolia in Waco. Mm -hmm. It was pretty amazing. Definitely a bucket item, Uh, Yeah, yeah. bucket
1: list item. And, and of course, none of us had any idea that that would be our last outing with her. But, um, you know, Dad has truly become, you know, one of our dearest and closest friends Mm -hmm. through all Mm -hmm. of this. And Mm -hmm. like you said, we always had... A great relationship with him, especially as we got
0: older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he just—he was always there. I mean, he was mm-hmm. a—he was a, a present-involved father. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but but because he was very much a, a man's man mm-hmm. and, and an outdoorsman, and he liked to hunt and 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 all that, and we liked shoes and purses and clothes, <laughs> we probably, you know, he yeah. did like Margie said, kind of just let our mom sort of, you know take over yeah. you know so yeah. uh, so tomorrow in honor of her passing <laughs> yes. and, and the two year anniversary Margie and I are going to go shopping yes! because why not you know I mean life goes on and, and mm-hmm. we need to celebrate mm-hmm. the the memories that we had and that we have and mm-hmm. um, and I think mom would approve
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, it's a mom approved activity it, exactly um, you
1: know last year at the one year mark Steve and I went to go and visit dad and we just I felt very compelled to be there with him at the one year mark and um I think we were all still pretty sad dad was still pretty sad yeah and um, that was not necessarily a a a fun trip um going to visit him in Montana but but it was a good trip and um I remember one of the things he said to me is, Every day's November 5th for me. Mm. Just broke my mm-hmm. heart. You yeah. Because there yeah. I was on purpose, November 5th, yeah. to be with him. And basically, he was saying, You know, every day he feels her loss and he grieves her loss. And what he has said to me recently is that he will grieve her till the day he dies. You know, they were yeah. married 50, 57 years, 57 years, known, had known
0: each other since the third grade. Mm-hmm. So So. he's
1: never not known her in his life. And so you don't just get over that. No. You just just Mm -mm. don't recover from that. um, But he said his grief now is so much more manageable. Yeah. And and he has, from day one, turned to the Lord. Exactly. He hasn't ever gotten mad at the Lord. Maybe he said, why did this happen? But... His response has been nothing but faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think his response has encouraged our own faith. Exactly. And has helped us to keep going. And um, it's just been amazing to see. And like you said, we're going to go shopping tomorrow. Uh, We didn't go see dad. Uh, We're not planning a trip to (laughs) to Montana. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're going to go shopping and... You know, Mom would want us to do that she yeah, she yeah. she would not want us, any of us to pine away,
0: yeah, and yeah. stop
1: living, yeah. because she's gone, um, right. She would want us to just keep living for Jesus and to keep going and to keep having fun and to keep enjoying life, yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. so so, um, did you have anything else you want to share? um i I did write. A blog post
1: last night kind of sharing some of the lessons I had learned after two years of I called it, uh, she changed her address oh. permanently. Oh. oh, that's good. That's good. Um, and uh, so for those people who receive my emails, they'll get that tomorrow on the two year anniversary of her move to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to receive, my emails, if you're listening to this and, and you're not part of our mailing list, you could go to FlourishThroughTheWord.com and sign up for our mailing list. We hope to find a spot on the website to, to place that as a legitimate
0: mm-hmm.
1: blog post. Um, but yeah, some of the things I wrote about, we've talked about. And, and I think something else I would say is everyone is on their own timetable for grief. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the worst things that you can say to anybody is, oh, you should be over that
0: by now. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, and depending on the type of loss, I mean, obviously, if it's your spouse or heaven forbid your child, I mean, you know, honestly, I don't think you ever fully get over it. You you learn to you learn to live Mm -hmm. your new normal. And mm-hmm. and you know there have been mm-hmm. times there there have been days that have not been associated with any kind of a birthday or anniversary mm-hmm. or anything, mm-hmm. but periods of just mm-hmm. sadness for me, and that's just mm-hmm. the nature of grief. Yes. It just it just sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I remember reading years ago, it's a great book by a man named Richard Exley, mm-hmm. and it's called When You Lose Someone You Love. And um, I you could probably find it on Amazon. Um, you know, just Google it and see if it's still in print. But I remember one of the profound things I learned in that was was just about the tides of grief. Mm-hmm. And in those early days, mm-hmm. those tides mm-hmm. can come in in a very overwhelming mm-hmm. and powerful way. If you think about the ocean tides and how at certain times of the day or seasons, you know, those those powerful waves come in very harshly and very strongly. But then over time as as you know, as the grief lessens, it, it's more like the the little waves that come in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you you feel those things. and I, I remember that just was something that has stayed with me all these years. Mm-hmm. I read that book many years mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. in the wake of you know a friend of ours mm-hmm. who died. Mm-hmm. and and um though that imagery has just stayed with me. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about the ocean tides and and how you know those can change, that's that's so often what it mm-hmm. the nature of grief, you know it it can be powerful and overwhelming at times. And at times it's, you know, you feel it, but it's not as, it's not as harsh and, and, and hard. Um, So uh, just, you know, yeah, there is no timetable and it's, it's, you know, just be gentle with yourself. And by all means, if you struggle with anxiety or uh, know of someone who does reach out and get help for that, because you know, as a as a child of Jesus, that is not your destiny to live in in anxiety and and worry and fear. Your destiny is to be free of that. and um and so we just want to encourage you today reach out um, for for help, reach out for comfort and encouragement to a pastor, a counselor, a friend, mm-hmm. um just just anyone. Mm-hmm. And um we hope that that you have been encouraged by this. Uh, we hope that you've kind of, learn something that there's at least something you can take away and and kind of ponder as you you move forward in whatever your journey is. And we want to thank you for joining us and uh, come back next time for another episode of The Sisters Podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye.